For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to all go follow us on the podcast as we roll into 2023. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. Going to be a lot of great podcast exclusives popping out there from both Buck and myself as we continue into 2023. (coughs) Encourage all of you to make sure that you don't miss a minute of all of that discussion. A couple of different stories I want to get into here in this hour that I think, frankly, are crazy. But, Buck, I want to give you an update. Some people say, I don't know why you guys still talk about COVID. Like, there's some people out there who just want to turn the page and pretend the last several years didn't happen. It's because it's not over. I just saw this headline during the break. They have canceled a basketball game in the Big Ten Conference between Northwestern and Iowa. Over, over. I'm I'm not sure what it's because it's about basketball, but Clay right now is having a little sip of tea, and I'm furiously googling to figure out what happened in the. I know what the Big Ten is now because of Clay, and I am filling the space. And wait, oh, he's he's almost back. This happens. This happened to me when you're doing live radio. Sometimes you get this like attack of the tickle in the throat. Um, I I would change topics, Clay, but I know you want to come back to this Big Ten thing. And it's here COVID. you go. It's COVID. Maybe I just got COVID there when I was coughing. They're canceling a basketball game in 2023 over a positive COVID test, which is absolutely crazy. And I don't know how this ever officially ends. I don't even know why you would be testing anyone for COVID at this point in time, because most of you out there would not go out and get tested for the flu if you felt sick, and certainly you don't get tested for a cold. If, What's going on had, here? If you had dinner plans with somebody, I mean, I, yeah. I will say this honestly because this has, I'm at that point where this has happened, and this has been going on for a while. If someone says, hey, first of all, no one I know is testing for COVID anymore anyway, but even six months ago, 
if they said, hey, I, I had to, for some reason, take a COVID test that actually came back positive, if I, I would ask them then, are, are you sick? Do you have like a lot of symptoms? <laughs> yeah, right. And if they said, no, I feel okay, I'd be like, all right, let's have dinner. I don't care because yeah. I'm not worried about it. Because if somebody had a cold, but they weren't coughing and sniffling and and likely highly viral, you know, this is it's kind of crazy, Clay. We're going back to the world that we lived in until 2020, where, yeah, if you have the flu and you feel like you were hit by a truck and you're like hacking and coughing, you stay away from people. But if you have a minor cold, a tiny sniffle, you know, you kind of roll the dice unless you're around elderly people or there's some greater concern. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. And. We've had that conversation internally in our house. Like, hey, somebody said they don't feel that well. They they got a COVID positive test, but it feels like a, like a little cold. I'd be like, yeah, let's go to dinner. Like, yeah. I have no issue with that. I have done that. All. So I'll just, I mean, yes. you know, I, I tell everybody what I'm doing so they know what perspective you and I are bringing to this. Yeah, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Now, uh, a couple of stories that I want to hit over the course of this hour, give you a heads up on them. Uh, this one is... I, I, I'm curious, Buck, if you've paid attention to it because it involves our good friend Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, Meghan Markle in particular. This guy, Jeremy Clarkson, is about to get canceled over uh, his comments about Meghan Markle. And then the other thing that I think is fascinating, and this is a actually serious story, we'll talk about this a little bit later, China's population has begun to decline. And so all of this talk about China as the next world great superpower, I would argue the data is reflecting that China may have more in common with Japan in the 1980s than it does with the United States in, let's say, the 1920s or 1930s as this nation began to take over the world. But I want to talk about this Jeremy Clarkson thing because he wrote a column. So if you don't know Jeremy Clarkson, um, he is a what would you how would you describe him like a British comedian does, who does he like, does a, like travel a show log. where he drives around in fancy cars and says things that are witty in his British accents. That's a good way of describing it. I mean, he would be kind of a um, would you say he's a version of uh, an older version, but kind of a version of um. Uh, the, the oh, who's the guy who uh, does all the uh, that's British that does the show that's always offending people whose name is escaping me right now? He did the Golden Globes a few years ago. Uh, was absolutely oh, from the hysteric. office. Yeah, yeah, the original office. Yeah, the British version. Um, you know, the guy. And, and from now the... I put you up, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Yes. All right. Like kind of like a Ricky Gervais. If you don't know this guy, so he well, you, wrote. Wait, you have column. never watched Top Gear. The show? I've even no, watched. I've never, never watched it. Oh, it's a it was like a global phenomenon for a while. I saw because my older brother loves cars. I yes. view cars as a conveyance, so I just want them to be Similar. comfortable and yes. quiet. Like I don't care. My older brother, if you told him that he could get behind an F one car and go two hundred miles an hour, it would be like Christmas for him. So he introduced me to, to, to Top Gear. But Clay, I bring it up just because it was they started making like top gear for different countries it became a, there was one in the US it became a huge show that's so how he's known that that's like i don't know what percentage of our audience would know jeremy clarkson which is try, why i'm trying to like kind of put a perspective of who he is i think a lot of you would recognize him i don't know how many of you would have watched him but he's on these super popular shows one that you just mentioned uh and he's got a show on amazon prime and they are preparing it appears to cancel him because he wrote an article about, he's British, how much Meghan Markle drove him crazy. 
And here are some quotes from it. Uh, he said that everyone his age thinks the same about Meghan Markle and they want to see her publicly shamed. Here's what he said in his column. I hate her. Not like I hate Nicholas Sturgeon or Rose West. I hate her on a cellular level. By the way, I don't know who either of those people are, Nicholas Sturgeon or Rose West. At night, this is a quote from his column, I'm unable to sleep as I lie there grinding my teeth and dreaming of the day when she is made to parade naked through the streets of every town in Britain while the crowds chant shame and throw lumps of excrement at her. Uh, this was an opinion piece in The Sun. Uh, it's most opinion, most complaints ever levied, they say, from an opinion column run in The Sun. He then apologized. He said, I really am sorry all the way from the balls of my feet to the follicles in my head. This is me putting my hands up. Uh, Meghan Markle's spokesperson says, a public apology has been issued. What remains to be addressed is his long-standing pattern of writing articles that spread hate rhetoric, dangerous conspiracy theories, and misogyny. Um, unless each of his other pieces were also written in a hurry, it's clear he is. this isn't an isolated incident. They're basically trying to get him canceled now over this. And it's turned into a huge story. Okay, so lesson one, never apologize. If you say it, own it, especially if you write it, right, um, I, I think. What do you think about the idea? You heard what was considered to be the, uh, the controversial things. For people who do not watch Game of Thrones, this is kind of a pretty strong reference to what happened to Queen Cersei when she has to walk down and people chant shame, shame. That's probably the most iconic example of something like this happening recently. Cancel or not to cancel, what's going to happen with Jeremy Clarkson? Oof. And what does it uh. say about Meghan Markle that she basically has claimed that she is powerless, but now is trying to take down this incredibly powerful, popular British personality over his criticism of her? See, I, I can't be somebody that's viewed in, in any way as as objective on these matters because not only do I think that Meghan Markle to the degree that I, I am forced to read about her, by the way, because She's even everywhere. if I don't even if I don't want to read about Meghan Markle, there will be headlines in whatever news site I am trying to read the news of the day. I'm trying to get to things that matter. And there's, you know, all oh, the latest, you know, and, and I just I want to beg everybody, not just in the UK, but around the world. Please stop clicking on these articles. It is a waste of your brain space. It is a waste of your time. The royal family in the UK, just going to say it, waste of time. There have been some people emailing, by the way, that if, if I only understood the history of monarchy in the UK more, I've seen a few of those, eh, wrong. The monarchy is preposterous. People being born into any role that an entire country is supposed to practically worship and make them head of state and head of a church is an anachronism and an absurdity. The fact that people have this Disneyland view of, oh, like princes and princesses and kings and queens is ridiculous we fought a war so we never have to listen to these people again and yet here we are still talking about it so i just get fired up over it should not Prince be harry's book is the fastest selling non-fiction book i believe in the history of his publisher that's and disgusting. a ton of those people are buying it here in the united states oh i, I, I saw the, the date and i was like maybe this thing is gonna bomb i think they sold two million copies they can't even keep it in stock anywhere. 
The, I saw where people at the, there's like 400 people signed up to get the library book. Have you seen like the list? Uh, I was reading the other, uh, the other day in some of the American cities of how many people they're not buying the book, but they're they're going to wait eight years to read it. Evidently, in you're the, destroying in the my, faith in, my faith in humanity here. Uh, this is this is really sad that people care so much. I don't understand why they care at all. These are trust fund babies who have nothing to teach any of you. It is a total... The royal family is a total waste of anyone's time, but particularly Americans. I, I don't know why anywhere It's just all fantasy land. It's all the Disneylandification of the royals and the whole thing. It's it's absurd. Look, The Crown is a, is a moderately entertaining show. It's incredibly well made. I will give it that. But that's that's pure entertainment, right? I'm not sitting there thinking that this really matters. People reading about this as news stories, what the... What was the Duchess of, of Essex or something? What's she called? It's Sussex, Essex, one of those, whatever. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Is, I don't it even know who matter. the Duchess is. But so Jeremy Clarkson here. Wait, no, what what do they call he, Meghan Markle? What's her title? Isn't, doesn't she well, have I don't some, think she has a title. They stripped well, she all did, the titles. Right? She, I think yeah. she was the Duchess of Sussex. There we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. she was the Duchess of Sussex. But I think they, stri- again, I know, wait, I'm, I'm obsessed. They, they stripped all the titles. They don't have that anymore. But. Jeremy Clarkson, who is a super famous guy, if he just comes out and says, you're getting a lot of criticism for your column where, where admittedly, you said you want her to have to walk naked while getting you know excrement thrown at her, uh, what do you have to say? If he just said, yeah, I hate her, I stick by my perspective on it, isn't he way better off yes. than... When he comes out and Look, says, I apologize from the tips of my toes to the, in, I would the say, earth. I would say this too. I mean, what he said, I think Meghan Markle is, is, is horrible from, I don't know her, but everything about her that I see in public and what she says, but what he said was, you know, it was, gro- it was, it, 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 there was a line and it was a little, it was over the line. It was gross. I mean, I don't think he had to say it that way. That's just my opinion though. Yeah. Do I think that he should be, you know, kicked stripped out of his of television public shows, life no, and stripped yeah. of his show and everything? No. Look, we all know, we all know that there is an additional layer of sensitivity with regard to anything having to do with Meghan Markle. So that means, you know, because if this was a, a different royal, the British have a long history, actually, of, you know, saying, especially the tabloid newspapers, some pretty rough stuff about their own monarchy. But with Meghan Markle, it's a uh, special Special well, category. I think if he had just made the, hey, I want her to have a Queen Cersei style walk of shame in Game yes. of Thrones. He could have said That's, it in a way that would be totally, what he said was gross. I mean, he didn't have to go to that point, but he was obviously trying to get a rise out of people. But yeah, but so why not just say, yeah, I meant it. I still hate her. Well, I, I, I would, if I were him, I'd say, look, like, I, I, I mean it in the sense that I agree with what I, with the sentiment, but I could have worded it a little differently. But to your point, Clay, the moment you start to walk back at all with any of this stuff, then the piranhas just come after you, right? Then it's just blood in the water. The people who defend you will abandon you the moment you apologize, and then you're just left out there floundering on your own. When it's a written column, I think you just own it and say, look, maybe I was more aggressive than I should have been because I hate her so deeply, but I stand by every word. Why? (laughs) I mean, that's what I would say if I were him. If you wrote it, stick by it. What is interesting about and I'm not this is now on 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 the hair on Prince Harry what is interesting about uh, a trust fund baby second tier mon uh, you know monarch in waiting who writes a, a book I I don't understand why people care about this so much I I that's such an interesting question I think and I'll read this I'll give you my answer when we come back but I, I, I've thought about that quite a lot because how do you sell two million copies? It's one thing for people to read things for free, 
right? Like, oh, this is in front of me. I'm going to pick it up and look at it in the newspaper line or whatever. But to spend 25 bucks, that's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that people are going to give of their own money to read this Prince Harry story. Why are they doing that? Can I just tell uh, you the good news, I think, real quick? I think there's yeah. good news from this. I think he's going to bring about the, I, I think this whole thing is going to collapse within, within the next two decades. I think people are going to realize this is so stupid that it's now, they're going to be like the monarchs of Denmark and Greece or whatever. No one cares. Mm, it's interesting. Uh, companies, passionate employees are that much more likely to succeed and earn massive loyalty from their clientele. My pillow, one of those companies. They're all about you getting the best sleep of your life. They might have started with a single pillow, but look at them now. They're one of the nation's largest providers of sheets and bedding, including the best-selling Giza Dream Sheets, which I'm going to tell you, you're going to love. I slept on them last night. I sleep on them every night. So do my kids. Cotton to make the sheets ultra soft and breathable, and that's helpful to people who find their temperatures change through the course of the night. You should know every MyPillow product comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials to get these sheets. You can use our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code for a discount. MyPillow.com, promo code Clay and Buck, 800-792-3269. Make an appointment with the truth. Tune in every day to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Prince Harry's book Spare is the fastest selling nonfiction book since UK records began. This is the fastest selling nonfiction book in the history, apparently, of the United Kingdom. I am seeing here. Clay, you, you and I sit across the table of this one. We agree on a lot of things. This one, I don't see it. Why does anyone care? I think that so many people are invested in Prince Harry's story because of Princess Diana. This is my theory on why people are so obsessed with this. I would love to see the demo on the people who are buying this book, but I think it's overwhelmingly women, and I think it is overwhelmingly women who loved Princess Diana and they have felt invested in Harry's life ever since they saw him as this sad, bereaved, broken 12-year-old boy walking behind her hearse back in 1997. So that was one of the most watched television events ever in the same way that everybody cared about JFK Jr. and his sister, but JFK Jr. in particular because they saw him walk out and salute his dad's casket back in the 1960s. I think people have felt invested in his childhood and his young adulthood ever since then, and that is the impetus behind why so many are buying this book. Uh, you buy it? I think that's my theory. I mean, I'm not buying it, but I know no, what you're but saying. I mean, that's my theory on why this thing is selling. No, like I, I think cakes. your theory is correct. I'm just not going to add any. I, it's a fascinating thing. You're so to, disgusted by this. Totally disgusted by, the, by it. It's a yeah. fascinating thing to renounce to renounce your title so you can have a private life where you're going to try to be as oh, yeah. famous and rich as possible based on your title. I I'm sorry. I think it's a little bit absurd, but, you know, that's me. I'm a grumpy old man, and I tell people to get off my lawn. One of your goals this year is to do business with companies that share your values. Consider switching to Pure Talk. That's my cell phone company, and I love this, this company. It's amazing. They're veteran-owned. They employ a U.S.-based customer service team and deliver the same quality of service as one of the big woke companies out there for sale that you know, but at a fraction of the price. With Pure Talk, you get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is easy, too. You can keep your phone and your phone number. The whole process takes only about 10 minutes. I know, because I've done it myself. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely satisfied with your service, you'll get your money back. Support a company who supports you and shares your values. And get great, a great self-service. From your phone now, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250 and say Clay and Buck. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Rolling through the Tuesday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. One of the major geopolitical battles that we have been in the midst of for really, I would say, the last decade, and it has become in earnest over the last five years that we've realized, <laughs> some of us realized it sooner than others, oh, those guys in China, yeah, they're not really our friends. They want to dominate, diminish, and destroy all legitimacy of the United States. That's the truth. And there's a lot of people out there that still refuse to acknowledge it, many of them in our corporate larger universe, because the Disneys, the Nikes, the Hollywood Studios, all of these companies are so reliant upon Apple, the money that they make from China, that they refuse to be willing 
to speak truth to power. And so there's been this idea out there for some time, China may invade Taiwan. China is clearly intent on becoming the largest economy in the world. And they're going to do it. And there's nothing the United States can do against it. And Buck, over the last year or so, suddenly we've had, I think, a little bit more reality sweep in as it pertains to China. First of all, their economy reportedly, and again, you have to always kind of say reportedly because these are Chinese numbers. It's not as if they have independent media. They've been been cooking the books for 30 years. That's right. Uh, So they say that their economy grew 3%, which probably means it declined, frankly, if they're saying it only grew 3%. Um, And they're admitting this is the first year that their population has declined in over 60 years, which probably means their population started declining five or six or eight years ago would be my guess. But they're now admitting that their economy is growing slow uh, and that their population has declined. And if you look at the uh, demographics going forward for China, I think there is an argument to be made that China now is a lot like Japan in the 1980s. That everybody looked around and said, oh my goodness, Japan, if it keeps growing at this rate, is going to be bigger than the United States. They're a threat. We talked about this before. That great Michael Crichton uh, movie, Rising, Rising Sun. Sun. I read it in like the sixth grade. It's a little, little racy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually saw, I was reading yesterday, remember the naked, the woman who gets murdered and is naked in Rising Sun, the supermodel? She just, uh, this uh, downside here, she was actually died i just reading her obituary i think yesterday in either the wall street journal or the new york times uh, she was one of the 1990s era supermodels she was in the rising sun movie she was the woman who was killed early spoiler alert in the rising sun by the way buck somebody sent me a message and said i was just planning on watching gladiator and then you spoiled it for me uh when we were talking about the they're messing sequel. with you no I, no I, one I have to say, that is one of the funniest, if it were true, is one of the funniest emails that I've ever seen, because it raises the question, how long do you have to say spoiler alert, right? Like, certainly if the new Star Wars movie comes out, you have an obligation to say spoiler alert, but like, what's the age range? I think by the end of the, if it's a show, by the end of the season, there's no more spoiler alerts, and I think if it's a movie... By the end of the movie run in theaters, no more spoiler alerts. I, I think I think we got to keep this tight. I don't think we can let this drag on forever. You know, I mean, yeah. I, you can't be saying, "Hey, you know, spoiler alert: Darth Vader is Luke's father." You know, I, I, I hope I didn't ruin Star Wars for people out there. I, I knew what happened to Fredo before I saw Godfather Part Two. Right? That's no one's fault. That's just I came along later in life. Did you watch the White Lotus yet? I haven't. Either. I haven't. Uh, good. There's a good God. What uh, White Lotus season two? which I liked better than White Lotus Season 1, although they're both like cringy but entertaining, has a really good Godfather, because uh, it's set in Sicily, like uh, there's a good Godfather interplay. Right. Well, now I probably will check it out. I will say I watched the first episode of During Lockdown, because I was in New York City and it was hellish and there was nothing to do except eat, get fat, and play video games and watch Netflix. That, remember, they shut down gyms. Oh, I, I would have gone they- insane. When I visited your your apartment and you were like, I did the show sitting right here, uh, I was like, I, I came back. I think I told you then, too, but I was like, I would have gone completely yes. insane if it I was had been an in a high-rise like, living in an apartment. It was an expensive cell in midtown yes. Manhattan that I was dealing with that whole thing in because all of it, you couldn't go to the roof. 
They shut my building had a beautiful roof with views of the. You've been to it. We we've hung out yeah, up there. We, yeah. They shut down the roof. It's outside. They just shut it down. Everything was shut down. Anyway, um, but I did start playing video games, which I had given up for. There are certain things in life that I, I you know, I, I, I may or may not have smoked a little weed in college. Gave it up so I could go join the CIA. I haven't touched it since. Like there are certain things that I've cut out of my life. I cut video games out of my. Not there's any. I think video games in the right proportion can be a lot of fun and a good way to de-stress. I'm not. I'm not down on video games. But I was spending, I was getting a little too good at like FIFA and Call of Duty. And I was getting to the point where like I was talking smack to 12 year olds on the other side of the world. You were playing random people. Like, like you were playing not not against a computer, but random people. Oh, yes. uh, (laughs) Yes. And, you know, occasionally you, you know, people would talk smack to me. I would talk smack (laughs) back. I'm like, I probably, I don't even, you know, this person, I don't know if they're, they're 40 or or 12. Really, really funny to think about you talking trash with like 12 year old kids during FIFA soccer matches. You may or may not have one of those headsets on too. (laughs) We don't have to go there right now in detail. The point being, I started playing this game called The Last of Us. Which oh, the show is, just came out. Yeah, the show. I, that's why. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I actually watched, and this is there are the shows that I tell Carrie. I'm like, I just make a little separate bucket. I'm like, you will hate this. I will watch this without you. And that was as soon as she goes, "What's it about?" I was like, "Post-apocalyptic future, zombies based on a fungus." She was like, "I literally." <laughs> she cares about that as much as I care about the British royal family. Um, but it's Although by the guy. Show. It's by, by the directed by the guy who did Chernobyl, which I thought was. Even with it, there I are heard few that was really good, really well done. There are a few issues with it, but it's really well done. And I will say, I have, I can't think of a video game that has been made into a good series before. This so far, the first episode was pretty good, pretty solid. I, I saw that five million people watched it. I knew nothing about it, uh, other than I read that it was a video wow, game. I haven't I played didn't know video that. Games. So I'm not, I'm not like a weirdo all, all, all alone here. There are others who like it. It's got a very Walking Dead vibe to it. So if you like The Walking Dead, you will like The Last of Us. No, it did really well. And so the, the rising sun angle, tying all this back in, I wonder, Buck, based on the, the China saying they only grew at 3%. And we've been talking about whether they're going to invade Taiwan. And also, now the population declining. India is set to become, if it hasn't already, the largest population in the world of any country. How much of China and all of their cockiness and their bristling is actually fake, you know, sort of like uh, uh, drunk muscles? That, you you know, somebody talking a big game, beer muscles. Um and in reality, if you look behind the scenes, China is actually every single day becoming weaker now. So, so there's, it's interesting. And I know there was this guy who had been at Stratfor who just did a big podcast. Uh, well, I mean, he did Joe Rogan's podcast, but it's getting a lot of attention. Have you seen this guy? And he's, his whole, and I, I'm not leaving his name out on purpose. I just forget, but he'd been a Stratfor analyst. And his thing is China is like we're we're all worried about China and he says that it, I think he overstates the case of just personally of how weak China is at yeah. this point but there is a, there's an interesting argument that China is which is what you and I are talking about now on a downward trajectory in a lot of ways and it is because of a couple of things that people don't often think about but if you look at it with a macro historical perspective are incredibly important demographics and geography the demographics of China are it has far too many males. Yep. The one child China policy, policy was a disaster. Was absolutely disastrous. And China has a number of states, the literal uh, L I T T O R A L, right? 
uh, literal states, the Philippines, Japan, the Korean Peninsula, that hem it in on one side, and India to, obviously, its, its southwest, and Russia to its north. So geographically and demographically, there's a lot of pressure on China um, and if anyone wants, there's a book, uh, The Revenge of Geography by Kaplan that I highly recommend. It sounds boring. It's actually fascinating. Like the title sounds boring, but it's really, yeah. really good. Um, China could have a lot of, a lot of big problems ahead of it. But then you get into is China, I think China does, by the way, is it more dangerous on decline, in decline, right? In the short it, term, in the next 10 or 15 years, is that when they, because of the beer muscle theory, decide that they're going to try to show that they're stronger, they're actually weak? They're trying to pretend to be. Strong. I want I want Clay to give a speech at the Council on Foreign Relations, or or maybe at Davos, which is going on right now, <laughs> on the beer muscles theory of Chinese relations, because I think uh, you know China Taiwan relations. I think it could be worthwhile. I think it could be something to keep an eye on. That if we could get through the next ten or fifteen years, that they are actually in significant decline. And if you want to draw that historical analogy, which is why we were mentioning the rising sun. For people who don't remember it, even the great movie Die Hard Buck in the late 80s, remember that was a Japanese company. Jap Japan was this financial and technological power that there, there were real people were concerned that Japan was going to just buy up and control the United That's States. That's right. And they kept saying, hey, if you don't want Japan to buy it, don't put it for sale, right? I mean, they were buying up all these incredible American assets, and then basically they've collapsed their demographics as destiny. They are aging faster than almost any country in the world. They're also not having children. Did you read uh, Tom Clancy, Dead of Honor? One yes. Of, one of the, one of the, yes. the Clancy greats. Clancy and Crichton were the two authors who were, made me think at a young age, I like, you know, I like books for fun, right? Yes. Fifth, fourth, fifth grade. They were the two that I was like, ooh, this is awesome. You know, I got really into it. And uh, Dead of Honor is about Japan going nuclear and essentially recreating some aspects of you know, Imperial Japan from the Second World War with seizing U.S. territories like Guam. And for everyone, it, it does end. Spoiler alert, although that was it was from 20 some odd years ago. Yeah, it ends with some guy riding a plane right into a joint session of Congress and essentially decapitating the entire U.S. government. That was before 9-11, by the way. That was written in the 90s. Yes. So I just want everybody out there to be thinking about that as we get, engage in this battle with China. How much of China's public posturing is false bluster based on the real data that they are seeing behind the scenes of their economy collapsing and the, de the demographics not being good? And how much of that tied in with their sudden abandonment buck of their COVID strategy, which the Fauci's of the world based our entire COVID strategy on? Just something to think about in a big picture way. Uh, as uh, as that data continues to come out. IRS refunding taxes to certain small business owners that qualify in a plan called the ERC. If your business has five or more employees made it through the COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Not a loan, no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. How do you get your business's refund money? Go to GetRefunds.com. They're tax attorneys, specialists, little-known payroll tax refund program. They do all the work. 
No charges up front. Just share a percentage of the cash they get back with you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. Team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses. They can help you as well. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, answer a few questions. Payroll tax refund only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Clay and I talked yesterday about the MLK uh, sculpture that was unveiled over the weekend. It was MLK Day yesterday. Um, And... We we shared our our thoughts, our artistic opinion on this, purely on the aesthetics of of it all. We were not alone. A lot of people out there thought to themselves, uh, "Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because what I'm seeing is not a thing that you would expect to see in a ten million dollar sculpture." Just saying. And the artist Hank Willis Thomas has now spoken out about this new MLK statue in Boston, and here's. His take on the takes out there. Play when you put art in the world, you can't control what people see. You know, I think about the Rorschach test, the inkblot test, you know, what you see says a lot about what you about see about you? the world. There are no plans to modify or change it. No. Would you do that if asked? I, I mean, by who? 
because this is a piece that was selected by the people of Boston. This is not uh, Hank just came and put something. Thousands of people worked on this. Thousands of people actually put it together, and no one saw this, I would say, perverse perspective. And, I mean, to bring that to the King's legacy and to, dic is, is to dictate the making of art and the celebration of them was really strange for me. Um, everybody that I know saw it right away. I'm just going to say, I don't know anybody who looked at it now, to be fair, there are different angles, but at a certain angle, you look at this statue and you go, uh, that's not what the statue should look like. Look, I don't spend a lot of time looking for penises in artwork. Like, I don't think this is a problem that I regularly have. We're, like, we're I, getting very Freud on the show now. We're yeah, going well, in, I mean, ego, super ego. I we're getting just, it all done. Do you remember the great show, super, uh, great movie, Super Bad? We need to pull that audio where Jonah Hill's this is one of the funniest comedies I think of the early 2000s but Jonah Hill's character is like it's totally normal to draw penises like uh like something like that there's a, a great scene where like so he had this character a habit of just drawing penises all the time in classrooms and he got in trouble for it when he was in high school I think um I don't think that every single person who was seeing a gigantic penis in the Martin Luther King uh yeah. uh sculpture in Boston is is seeing them in every single piece of artwork that they they do. Now, I also agree with this artist. Once it's up, I don't think you can modify nah, it. No, of course right? not. Look, there there is. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little 4D chess here for a second. This is now the most famous sculpture in America that everybody is talking about. I'm True. just throwing this out there, you know, be, because it, it it you know with the I, I don't think it was intentional. I'll say that, but I do think because of the brouhaha around this, um, people are looking at it and they're saying, "Oh, interesting! I know about this statue now." So at least at that level, it it uh, it works. But you know, as as Freud allegedly, but actually did not say, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. You know, sometimes artwork people view it a certain way because that's what's there or that's their perspective on it. I would also say because I was talking about this yesterday. How did people not see this when it was modeled? I think probably the model didn't have the sense of like the stat. Let me just get taken away from something that everybody would know. The Statue of Liberty, if you just saw a small model of it, is impressive, but it's the majesty of the Statue of Liberty that makes it really uh, an edifice that people remember, right? Like if the Statue of Liberty were only 15 feet tall it would not be iconic, right? It's the fact that it's 200 feet tall or whatever the heck the Statue of Liberty is that makes it that way. I wonder how much of seeing this sculpture when it was a model and you're looking at it thinking, oh, okay, like you're going to be able to see it all at once. The difference is when you see something that is that substantial, this, this model, it looks totally different on that size than it would have in the model, and they didn't really know what it was going to look like until it was actually unveiled. It was, uh, it's quite a sculpture. I'll say, I'll say that it is quite a sculpture for sure. Clay, uh, there's a DeSantis NHL situation that I was hoping you would. Uh, I saw this. Explain a bit about in the next hour. We could talk about it, and there's also a lot of people weighing in on. Uh, Tom Brady's future. Uh, so there, there's. Did you that. watch one second of the NFL playoffs over the weekend? I did not. Six games. You didn't did see not. a second of it. Not a sec. Not a single second. I was very deep in a uh, a book on thought reform and psychology of totalism in Maoist China. However, which was missed that one. Not on my list. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.